Family Advent Devotions. Scripture this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 1. You might be thinking to yourself, what in the world does Genesis have to do with Advent? But we're going to get there in a minute. So let's, let's read the scripture this morning. Chapter 1, verses 26 through something. 31. And then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there were evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So, Christmas season. Uh, I want to start, first of all, by talking about this idea of being created. All right? How many of you in here have children? All right? How many of you have more than one child? Right? So here's, here's the thing that I've noticed in my, in my multiple children. Right? We have three. So here's the thing I've noticed. Uh, all three of them are raised in the same house by the same people, and they are completely different. <laughs> they are completely different. Right? Same environment, same area. They're completely different from each other. But what's interesting is there are moments with each of my children where they will say something or they will do something, and I think, oh, that's my kid. <laughs> And then there are moments where the, the other side is true, too. They'll say something, and I'll think, well, that's Aaron's kid. <laughs> right? and, and this happened to us the other day. Uh, we were, I think it was Friday. We were getting ready to decorate for Christmas and, uh, because, as you know, I'm running late. All right? I haven't decorated yet. I'm running late. But on Friday morning, we wake up, and Aaron says, hey, we ought to have cinnamon rolls for breakfast. Now, that's a great idea. And so we go downstairs, and the girls are already down there uh, because for some reason they wake up. Well, I know why. It's because of the time change. They still have not adjusted, so they wake up insanely early. So we at least got them convinced that they should not wake up mom and dad, that they can go downstairs and play, and we'll join them when we're ready, right? So we go downstairs, and they're downstairs sitting at the table, and I said, hey, girls, what do you think about doing some Christmas decorating? We'll start with some cinnamon rolls this morning. And so Evelyn says that's a great idea. We should definitely decorate for Christmas. And I was like, that's my kid. And then Ella says, well, that's fine. I just want breakfast. And Aaron says, well, that's my kid. <laughs> right? We have these moments where, where our kids are very clearly our spitting image, right? And, and I think sometimes it's a literal spitting image, right? Your kid looks just like you. I think of my brother in this moment. My brother uh, has, a, has a daughter who, like, you could not tell them apart if you looked at them. Like, they're a spitting image of each other. And, and so in Scripture, when we talk about being made in the image of God, that's kind of what we think of, right? We think of the idea that, that we look something like God, right? And so, so in our verse this morning, in Genesis chapter 1, uh, which is my first slide for you guys up there, uh, 
In our verse this morning, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Okay, so, so it says, when we think of the image of God, what we think of is that we look like God, right? But the thing is, this idea of being in the image of God, right, the image of God was more, uh, what's the right word? not philosophical, but it wasn't a physical looking like God. Being in the image of God was in the same character, right? A, a similar demeanor. If you look at the rest of these verses, the whole point is that we have dominion over the earth and all the animals and the plants and all this good stuff, right? The point was being created in the image of God. We have, we bear his personality, his characteristics. It was like who he is, right? It's the deeper stuff that, that we bear, right? And that's the stuff that's always fun to see in our own children, right? My, my children have many moments where I think, man, they hang out with my wife a lot. Now, she's a stay-at-home mom, so they do. They hang out a lot, right? But when we're driving to the store and they can sing word for word every single song on Christian radio today, I think, man, they're just like my wife, Right? And so it's those, it's those qualities of this being in the image of God is more than just what we look like. But as I, as I read through our devotional for today, right? Spoiler alert, this is today's devotional, right? It says, God created mankind in his own image. And when I got to looking at this, uh, I realized that, that the real key word here is the word that's repeated over and over again, right? Because there's one word that's said three times here, created, <laughs> Right? He created, he created, he created. And what's interesting to me, and might be interesting to you, I'm hoping it is, because I'm going to go there, Hebrew, Hebrew language, all right? I know, all of you, that's your favorite language in the entire world is Hebrew, Old Testament Hebrew specifically. The problem with Hebrew is that it is an old language. Not many people are speaking it today. And so the words sometimes hold multiple meanings. And so the word here for created is this great word, Okay, if, in case you're wondering, it's ball raw. Like, you think of R-A-W, raw, right? But that with the same, B-A-W-R-A-W. Think of it that way. That's how, you, that's how you pronounce it, ball raw. Okay, that's the word for created here. And what's interesting is that it occurs 50 times in the Old Testament. And in 49 of them, it means create. Right? It means to, to craft, to create something. And, and what's really interesting is it's only ever used in conjunction with God. In other words, what I'm saying is only God does the ball rawing. That's not how you say that, but that's where I'm going with, right? Only God can do this, right? This is creating that only God can do. It's not like you're going to go home and make a pie, right? This is a creation that only God is connected to. And so 49 out of 50 times, it comes out as create. But there's one exception. There's one place where it's translated something different, and it's in 1 Samuel all right, 1 Samuel chapter 2, and here's what it says. Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel? All right, now, obviously this verse is crazy out of context, so I don't expect you to know where it's from. However, here's my pop quiz, right? Which of these words do you think, bara or create, which of these words do you think is translated here? Made, right? That's the typical, that's like the first jump, right? Because made and create, they're pretty similar. Okay, here's the interesting part. Here's the word that's actually ball raw here. <laughs> Fattening, <laughs> right? Fattening, 
Why do you fatten yourselves? So you might, so, I, so I'm researching this and I'm thinking, how in the world does fattening have to do with being created? How, do those, how does one word mean both of those things? How is that even possible? So, but then, then, I, then I got to I got thinking about this. Okay, when you, when you fatten things, when you're fattening them, really what you're doing is you're filling them up, right? You're, you're filling it up. And if you think about that in terms of creation, right? If you think back to when God creates the earth, it's when it says he created animals and he created the sea, right? He's filling up creation, <laughs> right? So, so you think back to our verse, right? We had three createds, all right? Created, created, created. So if you go back to this and you, and you look and you say, okay, well, what if we put the word filled, right? We replace all of those with filled. Then what does the verse read? Well, then it reads like this. So God filled mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he filled them. Male and female, he filled them. See, it's not just a simple act of creation as in like what's in our bodies, like our physical bodies, but this idea of God of filling us up, it's, it's, it's a little bit reminds me of in the New Testament when he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? It's like all of the inside stuff, all of the important stuff that makes us who we are is the part that God fills mankind with. And he fills us not just just with who we are, he fills us with who he is. Fills us in his own image to, to, to feel like him and to think like him. To be a little bit like him, right? In his own image. But the sad part in this, in this, in this saga here, because this, this is, to me, this part was the cool part, right? It was like filled in his image sounds way cooler than created, right? Because created, all I think of is my body, right? You think of creating something, but when you talk about being filled, filled with the image of God, the problem is, of course, that in the image of God, that word there for that, it really just means like a shadow of, right? We're a, we're a shadow of who God is. And so the problem is because we are just a shadow, we are awfully prone to fall short. And we see that in the story in Genesis, of course, with Adam and Eve who fall short and they sin and they do things that God, like literally the one thing God told them not to do, right? Look, I'm a parent, all right? Many of you just raised your hand and said you're a parent. All of you should understand what that's like, right? You told your kid not to do that one thing. One thing. And what did they do? The one thing, right? The one thing, all right? So... Adam and Eve, they get us kicked off on this long pattern, this long history of sinfulness. And, and so what this does is it puts a twist, it puts a problem into the image of God within us, right? So, so we have this verse in Romans that talks about what this looks like, all right? So, so it says that although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like immortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles, right? Of course, talking about the idea that we are having idols in our lives, right? Something other than God. And so it says that we, we have exchanged the glory of God. I love how this is worded because it sounds so huge, right? The glory of the immortal God. We have exchanged that. For images made to look like, not even images that do like, it says made to look like mortal human beings. See, there's this issue in our, in our imaging problem here, right? When we're created, this image of God is placed within us, and then sin just like wreaks havoc in our lives. 
And suddenly that image of God, the, the piece of us that used to look like God and, and, and demonstrate God and show God to our neighbors, it gets diminished. It becomes harder to find. <laughs> because the, our image of ourselves becomes a lot greater. And who we are in our sinfulness takes over. And so, so we look sometimes, when we think about being sinners and, and, and people who, who need God, what we, what we think of sometimes is like, man, where is the image of God still? Right? Because I don't find anywhere in Scripture that it says we lose it. Right? That, that because we make bad decisions, God goes, well, I'll take that back. Right? Because, because it was gifted to us in the first place. God didn't have to do that. He chose to. So then what do we do with it? If, if we, have, we have this image of God within us, but then we also have us, and those two things are not compatible, how in the world do we make this work? Well, this, this is where we come full circle. We're coming back. Ready? This is where we come full circle back to Christmas. <laughs> because when we talk about Christ coming into the world, right, we say he's fully God and fully man, right? So, so what, it, what the scripture tells us about this is this. It says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, right? It says, the Son is the image of the invisible God. And for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. I love this, right? Because when you remember, the image that was placed in us is like a shadow of who God is. But it says, God was pleased to place his fullness, every single piece of who he is, gets put into Jesus, Every single piece gets put into Jesus, right? So you think, you think it's amazing that we get to bear the image of God. Think about how much more an image of God Jesus is. He gets the fullness of God placed in him, and it says, through him to reconcile himself to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So, so at, at Christmas time, when we, when we celebrate, what we're, what we're celebrating, obviously, what comes to our head first is Jesus is born, Right? I think, it was, I think it was my kid who said that just a minute ago. Jesus is born. And most of us immediately make the leap from Christmas to Easter, which is fine, because that's kind of the whole point of celebrating Christmas, right? Jesus can't die for our sins if he never lived, right? So we celebrate that he was born so he could die for our sins. But it's even more, right? He, he dies for our sins. And in, in that sinfulness, in that doing away with the sinfulness in us, there is a reconciliation of that image of God within us. <laughs> you guys see that? He says, says he is going to reconcile us back to God. We are, we are going to be brought back to God. And it's that image of God within us that gets to be restored. It gets to be brought back to the surface. Right? And we, we have these moments, right? We have moments where we get glimpses of this because we know people in our lives, they'll do something or they'll say something and you're like, man, that was so Jesus right there. <laughs> There's no way that person would have said that on their own or, that, or that, that this could have happened on its own. And we have these little glimpses of what it looks like, the image of God right in front of us. Where, where people do things and say things. I think, you know, Scripture actually talks about how uh, that sometimes we have entertained angels without knowing it. I think this is like the similar line here, right? We get to see these images of God and who he is right in front of us. And it's that image of God that is within every single one of us, right? It's not like there's a single person in creation where God went, well, you get the image, you get the image, you get the image. 
eh, not you. You get the image, right? That doesn't, it's not how he works. It says he created man and he gives his image to mankind. And so all of us have, have this, this image of God within us. We were all created within the image of God. And because our lives take a different path than what God intended for us, because sin has its way in our lives, we, we give in to temptation, we find ourselves on the outside looking in sometimes. And so, so the good news in this, here's, here's the good news, right? Because this is the season of Advent, which is a season of waiting. It's a season of expectation because Christ is coming. Look, this is the good news. We live in the 21st century. He already came, <laughs> right? In a sense, for us, Christmas already happened, <laughs> The, the, the God putting his fullness into man, it already happened. God reconciling us to himself, it, it's happening in our lives every single day. Right? This, is, this is why I think Christmas season is the best of all of them. Right? Not only because there's this great expectation that builds up all month long as we wait for Christmas, but the fact that it already happened. Right? And we know... That on Christmas morning, we're going to celebrate the fact that the image of God is being rekindled within us. It's being restored to its rightful place. That not only were we created in the image of God, but that we're actively being filled within the image of God. Right? This is good news. <laughs> right? Because, because, look, if it were not for those pieces, if it were not for those God pieces within me, right, that image of God within me, I got nothing to offer you. <laughs> I got nothing. And so, so this morning, I want, to, I want to encourage you. Because every single one of you has the image of God. You were created in the image of God. And it can be really easy when we look at our lives to think to ourselves, well, where's that at? Right? Because I do this. Right? We, and usually we're the hardest on ourselves. Right? I can't tell you how many times I have met somebody uh, and, I, and I'll invite them to church. Hey, you ought to come to church on a Sunday. And, and they say, oh, you don't want that? Lightning would strike. Building would burn down. Right? That's, that's the answer I usually get. Because we're so hard on ourselves. Right? Because what we think is, well, I can't go to, I can't, I can't come to God. I, I curse sometimes. I can't come to God. I, I had a drink on Friday. Right? These are the things that we tell ourselves. And meanwhile, God's like, look, just come. <laughs> Just come. See, the, every single one of us is created in the image of God. We are filled with the image of God. And at Christmas, the celebration is that the image of God is overcoming forever the junk. It's overcoming those, those self-doubts. It's overcoming those places that we thought, well, I can't love God and God can't love me because I did this thing, right? Right? Christmas is all about those things being overcome and the image of God being restored within us. Right? This is, this is good news. And so, so I wanted to start this first week with good news. <laughs> because, because in this season of expectation and waiting, it often seems like, well, we can't get that yet. Right? But the thing is, you can have that every single day of your life. Because Christmas already happened. <laughs> Jesus already came. He's already done the reconciling work that he came to do. Which means that every single day of your life, from this day on, and from all the days in your life, but from this day on, there's not a single day where you cannot be reconciled to God. Not one. And so, so if, if you feel that need, 
you don't have to wait. <laughs> right? Think about this. The Israelites, they had to wait for years. Hundreds of years they waited for this moment when, when they were going to be reconciled and set right and God was going to come and do what needed to be done. And they had to wait and wait and wait. There were generations that never got to see it. And imagine we are living in a time where you can be reconciled to God at any moment that you like. And still people don't know that it's available to them. That it's available to you this morning. This is the season of reconciliation, my friends. Don't wait any longer. Come and know God. Lord, we are thankful. We're thankful today that we live on this side of Christmas. That your reconciler, your son, the, the perfect man and, and, and you in your fullness come together. God, we are so grateful that today can be a new day in our lives. That your image within us can be restored and rebuilt and put in its rightful place. So God, for those who, who feel this morning a, a weight of something in their lives that is holding them back. Maybe it's a, a doubt or a fear or, or some habit that they can't seem to get rid of. God, I pray that you would do away with all shame. That you would do away with the condemnation that they place upon themselves. And that they would know this morning that they can be reconciled to you right now just by asking. God, that we can all be set right with you in this moment. And so we offer ourselves to you. We ask for the reconciling work of your son. God, as we commit our lives to you. Take us and shape us to be in your image the way that you intended us to be. Shape us, God, in the name of Jesus.